two steps forward, two steps back. That's the situation with world boxing at the moment. That's always been the situation with boxing. That's one of the reasons why people like you and I like it, I suspect. It gives us something to talk about. The two steps forward were in a way versus Fulton and Crawford versus Spence. Two excellent fights, very similar in that one fighter came away prescient, looked fantastic. That would be in a way. That would be Crawford. And it's the best thing about boxing. Two fights we wanted, which lived up to their hype and expectations one way or another. The two other things, which are still rumbling on, are not about fighting per se. They're about the business of fighting. Because I'm not going to address this one very much because I have in the past. This is UCAD telling um, Conor Ben that he is able to fight in Britain again. I, I don't know exactly what's changed to, um, to stop that... Um, suspension. I do know that the British Boxing Board of Control have suggested they may challenge this. Um, It doesn't really bother me particularly. I do know that during the time when he was provisionally suspended, he certainly got a lot of column inches and podcast minutes, including mine, and kept that that presence up and that is one of the important things in boxing not that I'm saying it was done for that reason of course I'm not I'm saying that is another issue of it so you know the thing about boxing is that you can be a famous boxer and earn money without actually getting in the boxing ring the second one is just a sadness well actually they both were. I didn't want to see Conor Ben versus Chris Eubank Jr. anyway. And I'll say again why. It's because it wasn't about them. It was a fight which was really the third fight about their fathers. And because their fathers can't now get in the ring because of their age and they don't want to, you get the sons to do it. They become avatars of their fathers and it's not really about them. It was about the fathers. So I didn't want to see it anyway. So all of the stuff that's come around that, all of the stuff around the, you know, the doping and all of that and the alleged doping and all of the stuff around um, around the, the egg situation, uh, you know, could have eaten too many eggs and that's why they found the substance in the bloodstream, the possible contamination of of samples, all of that. It's just, as I've said before in a podcast, meant that in a way, the fight's been had. And so have we. We've been had too. But the fight has happened, really, just not in the ring. And I, I kind of feel the same way about this. I kind of feel that this is... Um, a similar situation that will have no particular um, long-term developments for the person who is alleged to have 
breached VADA Controls, the Voluntary Anti-Doping Agency, VADA Controls. That person would be Dillian White. He has a fight or had a fight scheduled against Anthony, um, against AJ. And, um, and the thing is, I don't know too much about it. I don't know the details. Not many of us do. I just know that Eddie Hearn has announced that the fight is now off. Now, it will affect some people. It will affect Matchroom. It will affect DAZN. That's a massive shame because I have a lot of time for Matchroom and I have a lot of time for DAZN. Those people who listen to Steve Swiss Rambling Reviews will know this. I have a lot of time for both of those um, organisations and the work they do in boxing. I have a lot of time for Eddie Hearn, to be honest, and... This must be a shocker and a sickener to both of them and will have effects surely on their financial bottom line. It will also have effects on Anthony Joshua because people like me and other people who write about boxing will be saying, well, should Joshua have been fighting Dillian White? I wasn't particularly interested in the fight anyway. I don't think it's really necessary. Apart from Anthony Joshua... And the, 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 I suppose, well, not pantomime, but the psychodrama of his psychodrama. All those column inches about, is his head right? Has he been the same boxer since he was put down and beaten by Andy Ruiz? Is he the same boxer? Should he be in the ring? He's changed trainers so often. And I've raised this as well about whether or not psychologically things might be different and I suppose when you've been beaten twice by Usyk who's a damn good fighter remember you need some kind of tune-up fights so the fight against Franklin didn't look good particularly and so the fight against White the fight against White would be more of a name I suppose or a similar name a familiar name to a lot of certainly UK fans, would they have come out for that fight and put their hand in their pockets to purchase it on pay-per-view? I don't know. I've got a own subscription and I wouldn't have been doing. But it's a sort of fight that makes, that I suppose is a toe-in-the-water fight for Anthony Joshua. Will it be any good? Will he be able to fight? Will this go well? What will we think afterwards? I suspect we'll have thought, okay, he stopped him, but White carried on for the fight through, I don't know, to the 10th round or say, something like that. I think that probably was what would have happened. So whatever Joshua does next, it's going to be a disappointment or it's going to be a problem. If he fights somebody like, if he says, sod this, I'll fight Deontay Wilder next. People like me are going to say, you don't want to fight him. Oh no, I don't think you're ready. Or he'll say, I'll fight. It'll be somebody, I don't know, Derek Chisora. Well, you don't want to do that because if you beat him, we know you can, so you're going to have to knock him out spectacularly and that's dangerous. Whatever he does, it's dangerous. So this is not burnishing his reputation. It's not even his fault. That's what boxing is all about. A blame game and a column inches game and a podcast minutes game. 
That's the business of boxing. Dillian White, I don't know whether he is, whether this is the case, whether he has an illicit substance, a banned substance in his bloodstream or not. If he has, it will be the third time. If that happens, people will say, well, we know that he's done it before, so how can you be sure he's ever clean? A lot of, that's what a lot of people will say. But will it really affect him? No. Because there are few available heavyweights who don't have baggage, as in, if I fight him, I move up to him. If you fight Gillian White, there is no baggage attached. You don't have to go anywhere. There are no snakes and ladders here. Well, there's a snake. If you lose, you're going to move down the ladder. But if you win, you're expected to. You can make your own choices. That is very important in the heavyweight picture because there are so many, not possibilities, but expectations if you fight certain people. So he will be available and he will be able to be, well, why don't we just choose Dillian White? That'll be an awful lot of comments going forward. So will this affect him? Probably not, even if it is a positive result. If he didn't take it and it's not in his bloodstream, Varda needs to be very carefully looked at. And so do the labs they use. But if it is a possibility, if it is happening, it won't affect Dillian White very much. But I'll tell you what it will affect boxing fans and people who want to be boxing fans. I've seen a tweet today naming nine people who have failed, nine boxers who have failed tests, some twice, some three times. And it finishes with a comment akin to, they're all on drugs. And that's what a lot of people think. Two steps forward, two steps back. And if you like boxing, it's getting harder and harder to defend it every day. Ta-ta.